into the deep end And get back what's gone round And you've been keeping Down the aisles between the rows back once again movie mayhem podcast your boys matt brian and uh off the heels of a little thanksgiving run that yes. we uh that we did uh a little a little thanksgiving thing we we put out yes uh it, it, we we seem to gravitate and just kind of orbit our entire uh podcast around seasons yeah and uh and it, arcs it waves helps. It helps when you're creatively bankrupt like I am. Yeah, you know, it helps focus us. Yes. You know, it helps point us in a direction. Yeah. And uh, the direction, I suppose, for the next month, uh, you know, given that we can record uh, somewhat regularly, yeah, is uh, the season of giving, season the of cheer. Season of snow and people being around you. Yeah, you're not a big holiday guy, are you, bro? I... There could be some things that I don't like about the holidays. Sure, I get there that. There could be some things that I do like about the holidays. Mm-hmm. Mostly, uh, well, this is the first year I have both Christmas Eve and Christmas offs for like the last in the last five years. So it's a big deal. Pretty psyched about That's that. That's pretty dope. Uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. I haven't been to a lot of holiday parties. Not a lot of people invite me because of what I said before. You usually working. Usually working. Time. Yeah. Um, we do invite you. You're I just, just can't go. Working. Yeah. I'm just working. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like it's a. I don't know. I I think the thing is, I know I'm not a big Halloween guy. Yeah. I've said I'm not a big costume guy. Sure. But yeah. I'm a big, like, oh, the spirit of Halloween. Like, we did a whole season on movies. It. That I'm was like, very long. Yeah, it was very, it was almost a month and a half. Yeah. Thanksgiving always is a, it's a fun time. I love Thanksgiving. Easy. Yeah. Nice, easy. I don't have to cook. Well, that's the thing. It's low commitment, right? right. You yeah. Show up and eat. Show yeah. up, eat, just say, oh, I've been doing well, and then <laughs> get out. And then, and then there's Christmas, which a little, is a little bit, a little bit tougher because it's that end of the year kind of like, it's cold. Yeah. You have to think about what kind of gift you're getting a person. But you're good at that. I am kind of good at it. But then yeah. also, like, I do, it, it does, like, interact with, like, how my seasonal depression's going. Yeah, that's, so, the, like, that's the thing for you. It's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're usually Dead. hitting a bit of a lull yeah. when they come around. Yeah. Um, Real bummer of the year. It's true. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you, the colder months mm. don't treat you well. No. Uh, but, you know, last year you had a tree. I did have a tree. You still have candy canes from I last do, year. I do still have right a, over a there. cup of candy canes. Yeah. Good thing they don't go bad. Well, yeah. But I mean, I guess they're never that good to begin with because they're still I mean, all there. I mean, just a mint. who's like, just oh, you know what I'm really in the mood for? Just just a non-seasonal candy cane. Yeah, well, I, I think even even in season, no one's like, man, I can't wait for the holidays so I can have candy canes. All right, I've been waiting for this moment. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> oh, it's December 1st, candy cane o'clock, baby. Can't wait for those holiday hooks. Right. You know? <laughs> what was that, peppermint? Nah, that's rookie shit, boy. <laughs> oh, that is rookie shit. That's they rookie. have like a fucking, what are they, Jolly Rancher like mm-hmm. candy canes? That's where it's at. That's where it's, yeah. Jolly yeah. Rancher, there's like watermelon flavor, which I'm a big watermelon guy. Mm. Uh, what else? There's like, yeah, chocolate ones. It's like all over the place. There's chocolate ones? Yeah. Wow. They're out there. Sheesh. It's a it's a nightmare. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, as a dentist, it's a nightmare for you. It is. Any candy cane's a nightmare for me, but specifically when they try to make them taste good, that right. takes it to another level yeah. that I can't tolerate. But um, we are a movie podcast. We though. are a movie podcast. So we're not a candy goes, cane podcast. No. So you know you don't care for. Well, <laughs> then again, I think we could corner the market. I don't know if is that how many, many there are. Right. Right. It's true. We could use that to fund this. Right. You know. <laughs> Uh, all those people that are clamoring for Candy Cane Podcast. Oh, this is it. This yeah. Is... We'll, we'll start doing ads, on running right. ads on that one. Uh, <clears throat> so, and again, not the biggest holiday guy, but we are big on holiday movies. Yes. Holiday movies are, they're a lot of fun because a lot of things you don't think are holiday movies. Can are. Act, are yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. The biggest debate, which Matt perfectly summed up in our episode about it, mm-hmm. Die Hard, mm-hmm. is it a Christmas movie? Emphatically, yes. Obviously, yeah. Yeah. Nightmare Before Christmas. Is it a Halloween movie? No. Not really. It's a Christmas movie. Yeah, it doesn't have anything to do with Halloween. It doesn't have nothing to do with Halloween. Yeah. You fucking weirdos. He's just he's just a skeleton. He's just a skeleton, and he lives in Hall- Halloweenburg, or wherever he lives. Halloween yeah. Town? Not, no, that's a different movie. That's a different that movie. That is certainly a Halloween that's movie. That's certainly a Halloween <laughs> Yeah. Well, maybe we'll do Nightmare Before Christmas, and just me ranting about how it's not a Halloween movie. 
I mean, yeah, you could do that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I usually go with a why not both type situation. You want to well, watch it on Halloween? Go for it. You want to watch it on Christmas? That's correct. I don't think so. <laughs> oh, well, okay. It's then. a one and done. Well, you know, you could watch Die Hard at any time of the year. That's true. But Die Hard rules. It does. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Uh, and people don't base their personalities off Die Hard like they base their personalities off Nightmare Before Christmas. That's true. You know? <laughs> Don't sell a John McClane t-shirt. Like, yeah, there's not a lot of John McClane t-shirts at Hot Topic. At Hot Topic, yeah. <laughs> Maybe there should be, though. I mean... Uh, have you seen the Christmas tournament that's... Um, it's like a little square, and it's oh, like yeah, an it's event. Like the, it's John McClane crawling tinfoil box. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. That's cool. It's cool. Yeah. You don't see a lot of Jack Skellington ones. Oh, you probably do, You probably honestly. do. You probably me. see a ton. Yeah. Yeah, he's got a circular head. It's perfect for a Christmas ornament. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. People, people break out their, like, Jack Skellington's uh, jack-o'-lantern put it on top of the Christmas tree. My uh, uh, who who was it that had a great idea? Um, Vinny had a great idea that for when my brother comes over, we're gonna replace the star with uh, Dominic Toretto's '97 uh, Charger, <laughs> 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 just for him. If there's one franchise that needs like a Christmas installment, yeah, it's the yeah, Mass and Furious it one. It is because that would be, I think it needs it more than that Universal ride. Mm. Like you just take that, you just, just take, take the, the funds, yeah, and just be like, towards holiday marketing. Here's a 40 minute video of like, Dom's gotta get back on home in time. He's gotta get back to his family. He's gotta get back to the family. Come on, <laughs> how's he gonna get there on time? He needs a 10 second car, <laughs> and it's 20 seconds away. <laughs> ah, it's perfect, it's, honestly. It's where we find out where fucking uh, Brian's been this whole time. Oof, yeah, yeah, he's gonna have a nice little clip of the back of his head. Right. You know, in like a Santa like outfit or something like that, right? <laughs> Uh-oh, hey, little B, here comes Santa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man. I'd be, honestly, that'd probably be heartwarming. They need it. It would probably work. They need it. After Fast 10, they need yeah. it. Oh, my God. Yeah. Have you still not seen it? Still have seen it. Oh, man. But you know who we have seen? Kiss, kiss. Bang, bang. It's the, it's, they named the movie after our podcast. That's right. <laughs> uh, this was a, what year? 2005. 2005 Shane Black film. That's right. The great comeback of Robert Downey Jr. This started it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, I think he was in like one movie before it. Gothica. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. in Gothica. And and the sh- was it The Shaggy Dog? Was he in that one too? Probably. Yeah. Because I think the Shaggy Dog is what convinced Disney that they no, could... No, uh, this movie convinced John Favreau... John Favreau. ...that he could, you that, know... Yeah, I he, don't, that he's the guy. That he's the guy. Also, Marvel wasn't owned by Disney at this point. Marvel That's, was, still, was right. still, like... It was still Marvel Studios. Yeah, Marvel Studios. Yeah. Um, but I remember him saying, like, the Shaggy Dog was one of the most important movies of his career <laughs> uh, because it... Like it was like a like a Disney film that like people that it, it, it like helped him get insured again, right? Because the big problem was after all getting arrested like a dozen times, uh, no one would insure him would insure oh, yeah, a movie he, if he was on it. He was in the Shaggy Dog with he Tim was Al- and with Tim Allen, yeah, and Craig Kilborn, yeah. Oh my god. Oh um, my and god. And I yeah, and I think that movie he credits as like helping him become, like, insurable again. Yeah. Which I think then got oh. him Gothica, which then got him... I gotta stay sober or else I'm gonna be doing Shaggy Dog movies. Yeah. <laughs> well, the other movie that he claims with, uh, like, being the one one of the most important in his career is Doolittle. Oh, yeah, because yeah. he's, like, he, he's like, I need to act again? Yeah, I kept him humble. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I'm not good at this. Yeah, well, he, it's not that he's not good. He is a good actor. No, he's a great actor. Yeah. It's just that, like, he, I know he said when he was doing the Oppenheimer press tour before mm-hmm. everything shut down with mm-hmm. the, the strike and everything, uh, he's like, it's like I forgot how to act. Wow. Because, like, Iron Man was so just, like... Just be Robert Downey Jr. Just be Jr. Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. Doolittle was so bad. Yeah. And then, like, you go work with someone like Christopher Nolan, it just changes everything. Sure. Because he's, like... He's an actual filmmaker yeah. instead of someone who just says, all right, do what you got to do. And he's playing a character that's not just Robert Downey Jr. Right, he's playing a real person. Yeah, which is, uh, which he killed it, by the way. He was great. He's going to get a supporting actor nod. That's it. Yeah, I think so. Like, uh, and, you know, in this movie, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, he is playing very much Robert Downey Jr. This, yeah, this is the prototype yeah, Tony, Tony Stark. Stark. Right. Yeah. He's building this in a cave. That's what he's doing. Yeah, with a box of scraps. With a box yeah. of scraps. <laughs> but the box of scraps is uh, L.A. during a Christmas season. Yeah. And, and again, very... So, 
what it's no secret on this podcast one of your favorite movies the nice guys the nice guys big big nice guy fan another another big shane black movie i like a lot of shane black stuff yeah it just shane black has to be a part of shane black stuff sure yeah. like it has to be his vehicle it has to be his vehicle i mean it's not like uh like You're referring Le- to like iron man 3 oh uh, no i'm referring to like or the predator <laughs> i haven't seen that predator i heard it's terrible mm-hmm. um iron man 3 i got to give it another go cuz i think at the time i was like we we were pretty harsh on it pretty harsh on it yeah. Uh, but like, I think the long kiss goodnight was done by Rennie Harlan, mm-hmm. which is the guy who did deep blue sea. Yeah. And you know, the guy, guy does, doesn't really know subtlety. Sure. Uh, but then also like the other things he's done is like lethal weapon. Gr- yeah. Great. But like Richard Donner is like, he's, he's a, he's a great filmmaker. So like, that's yeah. fine. Like he understands the difference between like comedy action and all that shit. Right. So. Right. Yeah. Um, now Shane Black is in Predator. Did he have a writing credit on Predator? He did. He punched up some of the, the... The dialogue. He added some of the comedy bits. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah which does add to the movie. Yep. And this movie's got a lot of comedy bits. It's uh, how, would you, how, how would you kind of uh, classify this movie as far as genre goes? Um, it's got kind of a detective mystery I would say it's a it. comedy noir. It's a comedy noir. Okay. Yeah. Comedy it's, noir. Because it's a detective story with a lot of comedy in it. Yeah. Yeah. And, that yeah. Sense. and, and it's, it's a lot of Hollywood in it. A lot of Hollywood. Like, it has your standard, like... You know, your gumshoe, his partner, the mm-hmm. femme fatale, mm-hmm. damsel in distress. Again, a lot of the China, same Chinatown parts. kind of like yeah. big, like uncovering a bigger story behind yes. the next thing. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it sort of makes the nice guy seem kind of like a spiritual successor to yeah. this one. Yeah. And that a lot of those elements are also in that movie. Not Chinatown, <laughs> but like. No, and yeah, because it's two private eyes. Yeah. One is new to it the other, and like one has an idealistic kind of view of it the other one is jaded yeah one of them uh hurts his hand what yeah hurts his hand a lot, of, has, lot of hand yeah has a uh a daughter with a failed marriage robert Downey jr's hand has been hurt since that movie <laughs> <laughs> onward till end game so yeah uh there's a femme fatale in both that are tied to the yep. mystery mm-hmm. um they both take place in Hollywood. In Los Angeles, in, yeah. In L.A.? Shane Black's an L.A. guy. Yeah. So, like, you know how Scorsese's a New York guy, or... Right. You know. But, you know, so, I've, I noticed Shane Black, he's an L.A. guy, but doesn't have too many nice things to say about L.A. I think a lot of people don't have, like... It's not idealistic. It's not like uh, La La Land, where it's like, ooh, yeah. L.A.'s this magical place where, like, at the right time, like... Yeah, but even, pe- even La La Land sort of works towards dispelling that notion a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, this place sucks. Yeah. Because a lot of people move here, and it sucks. And, yeah, and, they, and they throw their lives away. Here. Yeah, a lot of people take advantage of people. Yeah. And those people suck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and we see a lot of that in this movie, where uh, a a thief, mm-hmm. right, uh, on the verge of getting caught, loses his partner, right. uh, running from the cops, runs into the first room he could find, which is an audition right. for a... A uh, very similarly themed uh, uh, yeah, interrogation it, yeah. scene. <laughs> Ironically but, themed. Yeah. And it's fragile yet really, uh, uh, I guess, conveniently applicable uh, situation. Right. He knocks it out the park because <laughs> he just has a mental breakdown. <laughs> and uh, they shift him out to L.A., to Hollywood. All right. Well, or was the, he already in Hollywood? No, no, he was in New York. Yeah, that that New York. That's, that set was New York. Yeah. You know, with our many overpasses and under... Right, right. You know, you know New York. That same overpass that's in Central Park in every movie? Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I don't think so. Right. But it was supposed to represent New York. Yeah. And then he gets shipped out to L.A., mm-hmm. where he uh, has to get trained as a detective. Yeah, he's getting acting lessons from right. Val Kilmer, who, by the way... Awesome. So good. So good in this. So good. He's 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 really like, like the. I don't even want to say like straight laced because well, eh, for numerous reasons. Yeah, but, I but mean, like I guess the. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a two thousand five movie, and yeah. and Hollywood didn't, didn't go woke until two thousand seventeen when uh, Ronan Farrell busted all. Yeah, dude. Yeah. This, the, the movie is. Uh, so his name, the character's name is Gay Perry. Gay Perry, Because yeah. back in 2005, being gay was enough to, like, define your character. Yep. Um, and I will say, a lot of the humor is still really funny. Right. <laughs> it's, like, I don't know if it's super offensive. 
No, but, but I, they like, definitely it, 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 they definitely make a lot more. They give it a lot more attention than a movie nowadays would because yeah. it's not a big deal, right? And in it, Hollywood, it, it was back then. It seems like there's more more gay jokes were made by the gay character, yeah, than like anything else. And, and I don't like, know if that's better or not. But yeah, I don't know. Felt better to watch it, you that know, way. as as a true ally. Yeah, yeah. As an empath. As an empath, you know, it just feels uh, it feels right, you know. Yeah, I mean, Robert Downey Jr. screaming, don't quit your gay job. Right. It's pretty funny. Oh, my funny. God. <laughs> or like, oh, what is it? Or, uh, it's like, oh, they call you gay. Yeah, the name just stuck, but now I'm drowning in yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, the Shane Black's, like, dialogue is so fucking, like, whip fast. Yeah. That, it, like, when the shit gets, like, I, I may buy the Blu-ray of this. I, I fucking love this movie. You should. Yeah. That's a Blu-ray you should buy before Blu-rays are, you know, wiped I, off the I, face Extinct, of the Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I stepped on the charger. It's gonna happen anytime soon. Yeah, but uh, yeah, you're right. It's the the dial. This movie, I say, is very dialogue driven. Oh yeah, you know, you're watching this movie to see these characters interact at a lightning fast pace more cleverly than any real human possibly could. Oh yeah, and one of those, except if that human is Robert Downey Jr. and he is in the movie. Right. So like, it it does feel like these guys are like you need an encyclopedia just to kind of keep up with everybody because mm-hmm. it's like everything is so. Like the whole, uh, you can't feel badly. Badly is a verb. Right. Like, right. I'm like, no, it's not a verb. It's like badly is an adverb. So bad. she, so she the, was funny wrong. Is that I don't think she was wrong. She's right, but, but no, no, she is wrong. Yeah. Yeah, you feel bad. You feel you, bad. The bad is describing the like the mechanism. <laughs> right. Feeling badly. Right. That means that the mechanism of feeling is bad. Right. Right. If you feel badly, how do you? Like how the yeah, badly is describing the verb feel. Right. If you feel bad, bad is describing you. Right. So I think she was wrong. Yes. And then he tries to e- emulate it, and Val Kilmer shuts that shit down. Right. Because <laughs> if you if you look at it like, Val Kilmer is the adult in the room. Yeah. While Michelle uh, Monaghan and Robert Downey Jr. are two like doofuses. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just thinking of lines and it's making me laugh. Like when he shoots the guy. He was like, it was, it was, it was, I put one out of like six in there. That's like an 8% chance. It was who, 8%? <laughs> who told you to do math? <laughs> oh my God. It's like, stop multiplying. Yeah. <laughs> the, oh. The, like, the, it, this, like it, it's tough for us to do comedy because a lot of it is just kind of like reciting the lines. Yeah. But I feel like with a Shane Black comedy, it, like, there was so much else going on. Yeah. And I think, like, yeah, because, like, if you look at it, it, it isn't, like, his movies aren't shot in a certain way where you'd be like, oh, this is, this is, like, all pure cinema. Like, look, like, if you look at the like, movie we did last week, where we, uh, the, the thing, it's just a bunch of dudes, just a bunch of bros in a room, right? But it's shot in certain ways where, like, things are hidden, uh, things can move around. Yeah. But, like, this is kind of shot, like, right at you. Very, like, very, like, there's some shadowing, there's some some certain, like, sorry, I'm losing my train of thought as I'm speaking. But, like, <laughs> yeah, like, you could see, like, there are some, like, representative shots where, like, when they when they're chasing Perry through the park, and, yeah. like, the guy was kind of driving down, so you see, like, you couldn't really get a clear shot of uh, who the girl was he was looking out, yeah. uh, Perry kind of walking through the the overpass and the car behind him. So there's, there's a very set shot, but it, that, that's not like the whole movie. The whole movie isn't meant to be uh, artsy. Damn. Maybe not from a cinematography point. Right, yeah. Like, you know, he's not working angles at the with the camera, working lighting with the camera to elicit mood and things like that. But... Um, but th- there are plenty of times where the way he shoots, there are, there are definitely directorial choices and writing choices that make the movie a very flashy and, yeah. and, uh, stylistic movie to watch. Like he breaks the fourth wall like numerous times in you know, really f- funny and unexpected ways. Okay. Not, not only through like the narration, right. but, like at the very end when like no, all these yeah. people walk in he, or like. I was going to ask you like, what did you think of like the fourth wall narration? Yeah. Because he was like very much telling us what's happening. Right. So. Well, I think part of it, 
is like a play on again like the noir genre yeah. that this movie takes so much from where you do have like the the hard-boiled detective like narrating uh uh yeah his kind of narrating the case as he goes through it but it's robert downey jr so it's like very like casual yeah it's not like it's it's not bullet pointed it's it's kind of like off branching where you yeah. can kind of see like oh he's gonna like kind of wander off in a conversation ish Right, it's in the voice of of Harry Lockhart, so um, not the most reliable narrator, Mm -hmm. but definitely an entertaining one, you know? And then there are other times, uh, I think, I know one was at the end, I think there was one involving, like, proto-cop, like, certain times where the fourth fourth wall's broken there. Right, yeah. That, uh, I think having that narrator helps kind of explain that. Okay. You know, like, well, you're watching his account of things. Yeah. So... That's why we're able to break the fourth wall at times like this because at the end of the day, this is just him telling a story, yeah. right? And uh, and that ends up working out in certain ways because there are certain parts of the movie that where you're not 100 percent sure that what you saw is uh, true, is a fact, right? And it's sort of corrected later on in the movie, uh, and you chalk that up also to Harry's narration, right? Or how he might be remembering things, yeah, you know, or not remembering things. Um, and I think that is clever and adds not only humor, but uh, can add to the mystery as well. Okay. You know? Yeah. Uh, and then I also, I, I don't want to bring this up too early. You know, we've barely talked about the movie, but there is like a, do you know, there's like a theory that, uh, no. about the movie mm-hmm. that, um, that Harmony is not Harmony. Harmony is the little sister. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So that, there, there are certain things that go in that favor, certain things that go, go against, against that theory. It. Yeah. Right? Let me go over some of the things that go in, in favor of the theory. Okay. Right? So he meets this girl, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so we see in the in the first part of the movie, Harmony, she's like, I'm going to be an actress. Uh, gets backhanded, right? After In um, public. Oh, yeah, yeah. I guess that was okay. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, I also did like look like oh we went to high school together. Michelle Monaghan was born in 1976. Robert Downey Jr. 1965. Mm. Mm. Maybe I not. Don't think so. <laughs> Maybe not. Yep. Maybe his life of crime aged him in the movie. <laughs> aged. Uh, but you know what's the first thing? And I thought this was interesting too. Was uh, when I was watching the movie before I knew about the theory. Was uh, you know he talks to the girl mm. right and she's like you know starts shit talking that blonde down there right oh you know, she's 35 she hasn't done anything she came here she sucks right and uh he and then he, he was like all right oh uh, the friend comes in right. cock blocks he was like all right i'll, I'll see you later then then she goes like what you don't remember me it's me harmony and then he doesn't remember her right and it like takes her a while to like keep reminding him and he goes like wait you're harmony you know um and then he and then of course he smashes the friend, right? Which yeah, good for him. Good, good for him. You know, but hate to see it. But that's not the girl he came for. Right. But, you know, whatever. That's you know. that's him being a flawed human, right? That's him being he's casting a wide net. Right. So then <laughs> you find out the next day. Oh, this girl died. Uh, Harmony's dead. Right. She because she had Harmony's ID, Harmony's mm-hmm. like credit card. Right. And then the girl shows up, and she goes, Oh yeah, like. And they she stole my she she somehow found my my apartment stole my ID and then killed herself in it. Right. But I don't think she killed herself in it. I think she was killed. Oh. Right. So then it's like okay, uh, there's a a part in the movie where he catches a spider going down her shirt. Right. And she thinks that he groped her, but she's like kind of okay with it. And he's like taken aback. He's like, how could you like you shouldn't be okay with that kind of thing, right? Um, which some say maybe some people love sexual abuse. Uh, sometimes respond to things in those kind different of things way. di- different ways, and the little sister we know was abused by the father, right? So then, moving forward, there's another scene at the end after, uh, and there's others in between, but there's a scene at the end after Val Kilmer slaps the shit out of the dad, and the dad's like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Like. My daughter's dead. Right. And he's like, yeah, but you killed her like 20 years ago. And the dad's like really not getting it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly because it's the other daughter the that's other. dead. Yeah. Um, he goes and he watches the commercial uh, from the beer ad. And it's not Harmony in it's that. It's the blonde girl from the bar that she was shit talking. 
if you look at the screenshot, right. right? So the part of the theory that I don't think holds a lot of weight is that the girl she was shit-talking was the real Harmony. Um, and, you know, and because she's saying, oh, she's th she's old and she's washed up, she's 35. He was like, well, how old are you? She was like, I'm 34, I'm the baby, right? I don't know if, and, and that ends up being the girl in the commercial. I don't know if, like... Wait, so that old that old girl is the this the Harmony? Well, that, no, she right, shows up like, later after Art DJ's finger gets cut off saying that, oh, you checked me out in the bathroom. That, uh... That's the that's the older woman. No, that was the... Wasn't that the... No, it wasn't the friend. It wasn't Flicka? No. Flicka was... Flicka? The next time... So we see Flicka in the first yeah. club. Yeah. And then we see Flicka again in the airport. Right. The one where he came in when he's, like, high on painkillers. Yeah. That's the old lady, old old lady, the thir the, the thirty five year, year old, who's that's at the her. End. That's her because they the way that they kind of like show her face in the light, it looks a little aged, and like you could tell by the blonde hair. Oh. And also like the it's tough because that's a commercial for. But it was a completely different scene though, in a different place. Right. Yeah. No, yeah, and all like also the commercial at the end, it's tough because also it looked like it was a different. So. It looked like there was a so uh, Harmony's commercial looked like a Bavarian village. Mm -hmm. So she was wearing like the later hosen, mm -hmm. while the commercial at the end looked more of like an Alaskan Inuit. No, because she had like the the big yeah. Wolf. So when I first watched, it, I thought that was just like the idea of like Hollywood moving on. Yeah, that's you know? yeah. But you know that, like I said, that's the part of the theory that I don't think holds weight. Right. But I think there is merit to the possibility that Harmony. Is I Harmony's think, little sister? I, I could understand that. I think adding the variables of like the old lady, uh, the old lady, the thirty-five year old. Yeah. I'm thirty-eight, so yeah. <laughs> I'm a I'm a monster. In this. <laughs> the thirty-five year old at the bar. I think that that adding that is too much. That yeah. that puts a big hole in in the theory, right? Boat. And there's nothing to really. Like, I think the fact that. that we didn't see. Uh, Harmony's sister's face. Yeah, at all. At all, even at right. the flashback at the end. Right. And also, like, it would make more sense because, yeah, that like going about it, like Harmony being a big fan of that story of Jack, uh, the of the yeah what, I forgot Gossamer. Jack, yeah, Jack Gossamer, yeah. and her like finding the books, her being right super into it. Right. Like that would make a ton more sense. And yeah. then like, yeah, Harmony killing herself because she knows all these books. And she's exactly. the one who would have seen this guy. Exactly. But. Yeah. And also, like, the, uh, like they said, the suicide scene, they found the IDs of the big sister and, you know, Harmony. Right. And, they said they were, and then she and then she came over and she came home and was like, oh, she stole them from me. Right. Right? See, it could just be a cover-up after. It could be a cover Yeah. You know? I mean, that could be a cover-up, too. It just. Yeah. So, I, yeah, and also could... she had reason she she kept mentioning that she had reason to be upset with Harmony. The little sister had reason to beef with Harmony. Right. Right, because Harmony left her. Harmony left her and lied to her and Yeah. And yeah. she even tells Robert Downey Jr. at some point, she goes, I'm not who you think I am. Right. Right? Um and then she also mentions that she slept with Chuck Chutney. Yeah, Chuck. Right? <laughs> Which Harmony promised she would never do. Right. Right? So maybe She did. Mm. I don't know. But also... I don't know what the age difference was, exactly. though. If that was, like, even a thing. Yeah. But, so that one, that one I'm not 100% sure on either. But her going, like, I'm I'm not who you think I am is a weird way to say, like, oh, like, I, I'm i not as successful as you think I am. Right. You know? Yeah. No, yeah. I, I think, like, I think adding too much to that theory, like, if it just was, yeah, like, like yeah. breast tax, that would be a good theory. Right. But, like, adding other things. Yeah. It's tough. Exactly. Tough, very tough. Very tough. Very tough. But, anyway... It's nothing but a fan theory, right? You know what I mean. Uh, uh, fans gotta fans gotta fucking respect themselves a little bit more. Stop adding yeah. to it. Yeah, just have a th have a have a nice quick one. Maybe be like, I'm yeah, not saying it. Could, could, be. Saying it. could be, could be, could be. But I think yeah, I think when they try to find a little too much evidence, you know, they lose it. Yeah, like maybe you're not as uh, you're not as, as as confident as you think you are. Yeah, yeah. Like the the Pixar theory, right? Wild theory. That is a wild. But theory. like. The person whoever whoever uh, made it was like, here are the small factors that I could put in that can't be denied. Yes. And it's like, okay, that makes sense. But how do people evolve to cars? I don't get it. Yeah. Well, that's the thing with this theory is there's a lot of stuff that can easily be denied. Right. Or explained in a hundred different ways. Mm -hmm. You know? Um, 
But, you know, certain things that are said and done right. are weird. Um, anyway, so, the movie itself, though. Movie right? itself, though. Uh, what, one thing I enjoy mm-hmm. is the plot, right? Yes. It's got two, it's exactly what, it's exactly out of a Gossamer book, mm-hmm. right? Two seemingly unrelated cases, turns out they're the same case, yep. right? Um, and it's linked by the, the three main characters that are yes. doing it, right? Um, did Kiss Kit, did the Nice Guys have a similar situation there? Nice Guys, uh, they or was were... was it just one case the whole time? I haven't seen it in a while. So, Nice Guys, it was, uh, they were looking for Amelia, mm-hmm. uh, Ryan Gosling's, uh, Holland March, and, fuck, why do I keep forgetting Russell Crowe's name? And Russell Crowe. And Russell Crowe. Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe were looking for a girl for different things. One was looking to protect her, and then... The, there was a, like then, like everybody was looking for one girl mm-hmm. and there was a murder plot going on. So they were working on one case, but they didn't think get the other case until later. Yeah, that's what it so is. So it was basically them trying, like the other, the other case was trying to smoke screen yeah. with this thing and they just stumbled onto the other one. Right, right. Yeah. Yep. That's what it is. Yeah. So, uh, and this is kind of a, a different situation where... You know, you find out, so he, so, you know, Robert, uh, Harry, I should say, goes yeah. on Gay Perry's uh, stakeout. Yeah. You know, it, they end up catching a murder, uh, or witnessing a murder, uh, and, and Gay Perry's like, you suck, go away. Right. Right? But then later they find out that the, su- the suicide of Harmony's sister, mm-hmm. quote unquote suicide, um, is tied to it because his sister is the one that paid Gay Perry to do the stakeout. Right. And then from there, it's, uh combination of them trying to get out of this whole situation while also trying to go further into the situation right. yeah um the further harry, they try to go the closer they get yeah yeah harry does the classic uh hot girl in need is uh is asking for your help assuming that you're not who you think you who you say you are right or assuming that you are who you say you are and instead of coming clean, he goes with it. He goes, yep. Yep. I do like that the movie kind of uh, didn't draw out that deception and, in fact, revealed it off screen. <laughs> exactly, you know? yeah. It's like, I told her. It's like, you yeah. what? <laughs> yeah, I like that because I feel like the whole, like, I, like I said, that, that trope has been played so many times. Yeah. Of, like, the, the yes, I am, you know, my glory. Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. Um, and, and I appreciated them, like, just curbing that. Yeah, because it's not important. It's not important, yeah. and it's and it's not new. Uh, so many of the dynamics and and uh, threads of the plot are, I don't want to say unique, but they're not things you see every day. No, you know the the like I said the oh the the person that just killed herself in this completely unrelated case is the same person that hired you. That's a good connection. Yeah. That you don't see made a lot of times to bring characters together. Oh wait, I I've just remembered how the other cases came together. In, in the, the nice, nice guys? guys, okay. Because the old lady in the beginning hired Ryan Gosling to look for her granddaughter, mm. who was the porn star who was killed in the beginning, mm. who was hiding the film about the auto industry, while the other were, and that's where Amelia was ta- attached to it. Gotcha. So that's where they intersected. Yeah. You just reminded me with the the hiring of somebody who. Sorry. Right. Well, yeah. again, so many parallels between Kiss right. Kiss Bang Bang and the Nice Guys, right? Yeah. Um. It's almost like one could have been a draft of the other. Probably. You know? It's like, you know what could work? Like, let's get rid of all the, the gay insults. Yeah. And put it in the 70s. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And, and, and like I said, the the idea of uh, hampering your protagonist with the lost finger. Right. Like that, I mean, now we saw with Ryan Gosling, later years, uh, you broke, know, it worked yeah. again with Ryan Gosling breaking his hand. But that finger added so much as far as the comedy goes. As far as the the drama goes, right, and just making them more sympathetic, yeah, you know, uh, and yeah, because you put your character at a disadvantage, you have yeah, an injury, yeah, right? because that's like it, and even visually, you yeah. know, it just it does something that like sets them apart. It's like a constant reminder that you know of not only this guy like he because he got his own finger chopped off by right. by lying to her, right, right. So kind of kind of like a scarlet letter for him, mm-hmm. and then uh, but two this. Like you said, showing that he's always at a disadvantage. That shit's bleeding for like half the yeah, movie. He's constantly losing. He's losing blood up until the last scene. Yeah. Uh, and 
and like you said, he's kind of a doofus. Mm-hmm. You know, they really paint him as someone who's like life is spiraling around, and it's almost like it just kind of shows like he is not in control. Right. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I, that I think that's a the Shane Black kind of like staple. It's a, yeah, because it had the same effect for yeah. Ryan Gosling's yeah, character. Because it's like, yeah, you put him, like, yeah, he, he, his hands in a cast, so like he can't do anything. Like yeah. he has to like rip his suits every time. Yeah. And but like, yeah, like having basically, and also what's great about this is that it takes place so quickly. Like, like we were talking last week about the thing, like it could be one day or like six months. Mm-hmm. We don't really know how long it takes, but with this movie, it's like it's one day. It's yeah, the whole movie takes place over four, four days. days. So yeah. like the last, like the last half an hour, it's one day. Yeah. So and they even tell you day one, they they, they give you the setup. Right. Like day one's very quick. Day two is very quick. Day three is a little longer. Day yeah. four is like the longest part of it. Yeah. yeah. You know, and they don't they don't always uh go just going back to the theory real quick. Like I said, Shane Black didn't do a lot as far as you know visual like framing and stuff to to elicit meaning. But on the third day, it was called The Little Sister. Right. And the first shot is a close-up of Harmony. Right. You know, which, again, it could be because it's her little sister. Could be. doesn't necessarily mean that, it, it's that she is the little sister. Right. Uh, but, again, if maybe he had done more of those things throughout the movie, you might be more inclined to believe that. Yeah. But that's a part of the theory as well. Um, but, yes. Uh, what did you think about that? Framing it as, as four days... Um, and, and kind of splitting it in chapters that way. I liked it. I like the. I like having like a, uh, like a clock to a movie. It gives it like weight. Gives it kind of like, like this. Uh, like yeah, it gives it like this pressure that it's like things are happening. Things are going to happen. Like you don't know like when like what like what will happen, but you know things have to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I I always like, like every, like a constant like motion. So yeah. like it doesn't feel it doesn't feel like stagnant at all. It doesn't feel like well we have to wait a week to see if this happens. Like mm-hmm. that's kind of like one like one of the favorite things about storytelling is like when you go like all right ticking clock, and you know by the time it strikes midnight it's over. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I mean for me it was also a way to like help me frame the passage of time. Mm-hmm. And like sometimes I'm watching a movie and I'm not even really paying attention. Is it, if it's day is it night? Right. Is this a weekday or a weekend? Is this like like I, I when, when, how long ago was the last day? Was it the same day? Right. Sometimes if I'm like paying attention to other things, like for example in this movie the dialogue, mm-hmm. right? Just listening to them talk to each other is so entertaining that I'm not really paying attention to a lot of those details. Um, I guess I don't have the wingspan for it, like intellectually. But because also that like the passage of time really it it almost does feel to some movies not that important. Mm-hmm. Because like if you all right like if you look at like a Michael Bay movie, mm-hmm. it'll go from day to night in the same yeah. shot. Yeah, like you're like all right, well, what the fuck am I supposed to pay to like? So then you do pay attention to dialogue, action, uh, and setting. But you those don't, are the more consistent, right? But things. time, it's yeah. like th- time kind of seems non-existent. Yeah, it seems more just like, like as a vehicle to set up. How long did cool Bad Boys Two take? You know, how many days did that take? <laughs> Couldn't tell you. Couldn't tell you. Well, uh, that part of that is because it's like always sunset in Miami. Right. It's always you know? gold, it's always golden hour. It's always golden hour. Sometimes it's really highest or at its almost yeah. lowest. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it could have been three days. It could have been could way have been longer. Two years. Who yeah. knows? Because at some point they end up in Cuba. Right. And it's like, okay, did they have to set that up? Was there a chopper waiting for them? Right. How long did that take? <laughs> you know? And, but at the same time, it is a movie meant for entertainment. I don't expect them to right. show me them getting their visas. Right. You know what I mean? So it's a type of thing where I understand why they don't really focus on it, especially if it's not plot relevant. But it is a bit disorienting uh, subconsciously. I'm not watching the movie thinking like, oh, I don't know what's going on here. When, when am I? Right, yeah. But I don't, I'm not paying attention to it anymore because I know that it's not important. Right. Right? But in this movie... Especially in a movie, like I said, because it's got so much dialogue that focuses you to pay attention on the dialogue, but also the dialogue takes a lot of time. Mm-hmm. So something that um, is shot in real time because they're talking, right, could be the only scene that happens for 12 hours. Right. You know? So because the, you know, there's, in movies you have montages, you have a sunset go, sun going yeah. up and down. Things to excuse the passage of time. Of uh, characters growing facial hair, losing yeah. facial hair. Yeah. Right, things like that to indicate the passage of time, which yep. this movie does also do, by the way, because yeah. at the end, at, uh, Harry has a yeah, different Harry haircut. Has a different haircut. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, so uh, my other movies have that. Uh, but in this, you don't really see a lot of like large establishing shots or, or like montages or like, you know, the whole idea of like he's showing like traffic, but it's like shot in fast motion. Right. You know, or um, or, or any kind of montage, really. Some freeze frame place. Freeze yeah. Frame. Yeah, exactly. It's not really like no. that. Um, so instead, it tells us, okay, day, day two. And right. then for me, it makes me think like, right, so we just saw a night scene and this is a day scene. So that makes sense. A few right. hours passed from between that night and this day. We're on the second day. Got it. Yep. And it hel- and and it's something that is so uh, helpful that I found myself not even the subconscious thing, but like consciously thinking. Right. Like right. Okay. So this guy just died last night, and he slept, and here we are. Right. And uh, and that just kept me on track yeah. throughout the movie. Yeah. Um, I didn't pay too much attention to like the subtitle of it. Because I feel like a lot of the times when people do that, when movies do that, it's like, okay, I don't know why this is significant yet. Yeah. And it could be 20 minutes or 30 minutes before we find out why it is. Mm-hmm. And are I even going to remember that that was the title at the time? Exactly, yeah. So I, I don't even really pay attention to it. I don't really remember what the subtitles were. Me neither. Yeah. But, um, but I do remember, like, okay, day three. Right. You know, that it kind of helps, like, okay, this is all the things that have happened, and this is what needs to be done now. Yes. You yeah. know? No, hundred percent, hundred percent. Like that's a, a good, good, good point. Yeah. Well, plus the way the characters are in this movie, they're constantly going from like uh, on good terms with each other to bad Better. terms with each other. Yeah. You know. And but it's also not like it's not like how other movies will do like this buddy cop thing where it's like at the beginning of at the end of the second act, the uh, the our two protagonists will have a fight yeah. and they won't be friends until like the middle of the third right, act. Right, right. It's like they just don't like each other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they don't like each other from the, the first time they meet each other. Yeah. Till maybe yeah. the end of the third act. Or even like yeah, exactly. And so you'll have like between day one and, and night one and day two. Right. Right. Where he wakes up, he realizes, oh shit, like. I slept with this girl. Right. And then you put it together, well, what happened to Harmony? Right. So then you show up and Harmony's understandably upset because this literally happened like three, like six hours ago. Right, yeah. Like, you know? It was at 6 a.m. you showed up. Yeah. Whereas if you don't show the day two and it shows like at some point he gets back to her, right. it's like, all right, well, has she, I, I, like, how much she, time has passed? Does she know? Like, what, right. like, yeah. So having that kind of shows like, okay, this is a very fresh wound <laughs> that he is now running back to her, you know, for... <laughs> And immediately after that, calling her again, right? Right to, and it's uh, it it for me it, it helps, it helps uh inform the mood that the characters are in, mm. and where their emotional state is. Right. It's like all right, this guy just got shot like this amount of time ago, right. and now this is happening, you know, <laughs> or like man, this has been a long day for right. him, like day four, like shit, all those things just happened in one day in for one him. Day, yeah. So for me, it helps like recalibrate like where these guys are emotionally mm-hmm. um which again helps me feel for them as characters right you know so that's a very small simple thing that maybe he didn't put that much time into even considering no, i mean it's probably just a way of re- breaking down the story mm-hmm. to make it like a little bit more digestible of like all right things need to e- each day everything escalates yeah. or maybe you know because this is based because the whole movie is kind of uh tied by these john gossamer books he just thought he'd split it up like chapters right yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Each each day is a chapter. Yeah. yeah, we I put a lot more thought into something that those books didn't look that big, so there's probably not a lot of chapters. Probably about five of them. <laughs> <laughs> five, of, yeah. Um, but but uh, but yeah, you know, I, I thought it was uh, I thought that was a cool touch, and I think there, and that's what I'm talking about, like the fourth wall breaks, the mm. day separations, the narration. Those are cool, like meta narrative uh, yeah. uh, devices there, that. Uh, that work in this film because the film is a is largely based not based on these books but right you know are like the plot of the movie is the the books are like used like an anagram I, I don't know you know what I yeah yeah I, I don't I'm having a hard time like putting putting this into words but like the movies the movie itself are is based off this fictional book within the movie yeah you know um and the idea of like pulp novels and a genre essentially yeah, it's basically genre, genre yeah, yeah it just plays on it on the genre so much mm-hmm. that having those conventions yeah it's like helped. what what would happen if like a modern person was put into this like 1950s detective story yeah and they knew it right yeah right and they knew like they knew all about it like and they're like yeah they would 
have a fourth wall break. Like it would be a fourth wall break. They would be more yeah chippy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like he's telling us the story that very similarly resembles these books that he knows very well, mm-hmm. right? And so he's splitting it up as if it it was that book, right? As if it was that story. There it is. We got there. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, the uh, one uh, I, one thing I really liked was like the third act. Okay. When shit started coming together. Yeah. For them, um, and. It ends up with a really kind of cool, kind of kind of action sequence, with Harry getting thrown off uh, the bridge. Oh grabbing yeah, onto the, the the dead girl's coffin, catching the hand, and, and then yeah, yeah, they had just kind of established that he's got that he's got good hands. You know, <laughs> um, do you think that the movie, but that's like kind of the only like stylized action in the yeah. whole movie. Do you think the movie would have, could have benefited from more of that? No. Like, been more of an action No, comedy? I think with Shane Black, like, it loses... I think that's why Iron Man 3 didn't hit so well. Because mm. we were like, oh, it's supposed to be an Iron Man movie. Mm-hmm. But it's like, oh, it's a Shane Black movie, but you have to sprinkle in action scenes all over the place. Yeah. I think the limited ones that we had where it was the... Uh, like, even though it wasn't a lot, like, when uh, Perry almost got run over by a car and then... The, the hot dog vendor or yeah. shot the guy. Yeah. Uh, like, that was uh, an action... That was a mid, midpoint action scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think... Because the action is not important. What's important is the story and the, the performances. Like, that's like that's important. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think also maybe... Shane Black's not super good at doing action. Mm. So maybe, like, scaling it down helps a lot. And, also, and doing, like, the... Doing the ridiculous thing at the end also plays into the, you know, if because like if you look at if you do look at it like maybe, it because you could d- definitely tell it's one the story is told one sided, yeah. it's like oh Perry just moved out of the way and then someone else shot the guy right while I got thrown from here yes, yes. flipped onto that caught this shot the guy fell down. Rolled over. Was she <laughs> saying maybe part of it was exaggerated by the narrator? Yeah, yeah. Ooh. Like, because, like, him falling down, a guy who never shot a gun. Yeah, right? got, started the movie by getting beat up. Getting beat up. Can't fight. Can't fight, which I thought was hilarious. Yes. What a good, what a good. What a nice but, subversion, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. And then, uh, was it, him shooting the one guy in the room. It's like, I shot a guy, and I, I've never done that before. And to have him just fucking falling down, fucking John Wicking people. Yeah, right. Like, John Wick never like rolled over to the side. Just started, like, he might have honestly. He may have, <laughs> but yeah, it's like it kind of seems like oh, he's just juicing it up for yeah. himself because it's him telling the story. Right. Like we don't know if like because like, if Perry was telling the story, like how that would have turned out. But because it was Harry telling the story, yeah. we got every gory detail. Yes, yes, <laughs> and you know Perry just very unceremoniously died. Just like yeah, he was just lying on the floor. <laughs> Just bleeding, just bleeding out the mouth. <laughs> but like, yeah, like it, it did. And feel... also, he did all of this stuff after getting shot in the chest, right? Yeah, and yeah, the reveal of like, oh, you want to see something cool? It's like, oh, I got, oh, it saved the bullet. Oh no, it didn't. Yeah, oh, look at that. <laughs> um, which is also kind of weird because, like, yes, a lot of this stuff could have been portrayed as like self defense, but like, Harry killed a lot of people. He did, and got off pretty easy. Yeah. <laughs> that I I and like, yeah, that I find really funny. Like that he didn't get any like jail time. No, Perry neither, and Perry yeah. also killed people. Yeah. Like it I think that's also like the fun of like the movie of itself. Mm-hmm. It's like, alright, well our heroes aren't gonna go to jail. Like, yeah, it's kinda like Perry surviving. Yeah. Yeah. It's like alright, whatever. Like even the nice guys, the nice guys killed a whole bunch of people. It's like they're private eyes, they're not supposed to right. kill people. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, they're not supposed to at all. Um <laughs> It's like, what self-defense do you have of, like, I fell on top of a car and I shot guys? Well, I guess you could say it was all these people were going to shoot him. Right. You know? <laughs> uh, which, they were. They were, yeah. You know? Oh, man. It was a cool sequence, though. It the, was a uh, really cool... Shake the coffin, catch yeah. the gun. Very cool sequence, just... How, how did that dead body support his weight for that long? I thought it would have slid out of the coffin, is right? what I would imagine. There's nothing holding... Right. Yeah. And if a coffin pops open, it's it's gonna keep going. Open. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I because I feel like that's 
that's that storytelling. Right. That's that like uh, it's my perspective. Yeah. yeah. Perry can't shit talk it because he was he wasn't up. He wasn't up. Right. He can't deny that <laughs> that's what happened. Right. Yeah. Uh, Harmony was concussed. You right. Know? She was lying down. Like even her fall is kind of hilarious. Yeah. Because she like fell and just <laughs> she landed like foot first. Yeah. So how did she end up getting that hurt? Well, I mean that car crash she was in. I was like, ooh. That's she, true. That she's probably shook her fucking dead. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That alone should have done it. The fact that she just <laughs> jumped out of that car and kept running. She's like, oh, I definitely have a head injury. Let me jump off this bridge. Yeah. Well, she didn't have that many other options. She was <laughs> right. getting shot at. So I get it. You know. <laughs> but uh. Yeah, uh, one thing I thought, she um, got pretty athletic also when she, when she went to save Perry uh, in the park. Yeah. She was, like, vaulting over stuff. Like, she took out, like, a trained killer. Yep. Like, she was moving in a way that I wouldn't expect, you know, a failing actress in Hollywood to be able to move. But maybe that's where the theory comes in. That it wasn't her. That it wasn't a trained actress. Maybe she was her the sister. Mm-hmm. Just... Like, I know how to defend myself now. Yeah, yeah, could be. See, that's, you add that to the, the theory. Right. Not, you know, or right. maybe she has uh, combat training as an actress. Could be. Yeah. Could be. But um, I think the killer had combat training as a killer. Right. So. <laughs> but he did literally stand over her with a balls and kicking range. Yeah, true. So, I mean, he, he's going to lose. It's true. It's true. Um, did you know right away that Pink Hair Girl, which you recognized... Uh, Harry, that that was the fake daughter. No, I didn't put that together. Either. I didn't put that together until either. they like said like, "Oh, that's her." Because right. I was like, "Because well, he met like, so many girls right. in those first two days." Because also, I didn't get a clear shot of the the daughter. daughter. Yeah, so I was like, "Oh, okay." Like, like even the even the dead body. Like, I didn't even know who was that. They didn't even like I. They didn't even like ID her until. Yeah, well, the dead body they would they like almost intentionally covered her face with her hair. Right. So we wouldn't know who the body is. Yeah. Like they until they told us on the news and exactly so yeah. like I, I like the thing is like the, yeah that's the thing like clear faces is tough and that's why the the sister theory kind of yeah. kind of works because yeah. you don't know what you're referencing it to but also you know when we first see the body of the daughter we wouldn't necessarily even know that's who that was because we've never seen her before right also right? like we'd only seen the imposter. Like, if it would have been, like, the same dress she wore mm-hmm. at the party, mm-hmm. but she was, like, wearing a dark kind of thing. And right. And at the because end... Because she wasn't at the party. Right. She wasn't at the party. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. She wasn't at the party. Mm. Interesting. They probably went into the mental facility, killed her, put her in a dress, right. and then tossed her. Yeah. Yeah. But forgot the underwear, and there you go. Yep. Although that's a big jump, I feel like, to be like, she didn't have underwear. She must have been a mental patient at this exact facility for this amount of time as soon as she moved, which means that she, you know, and, and they yeah. must be using an imposter. I feel like that's a huge jump. Yeah, I would never think that. To go off of, okay, she didn't have underwear on. Like, that's L.A. Yeah, it, exactly. It's hot out there. Right. You had on a tight dress. Maybe you didn't want any, yeah. like, lines showing. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know maybe, what people do. Maybe you had just gone to the bathroom and... They caught you off guard. Yeah. Yep. You know? I feel like there's a hundred reasons that you might not have yeah. had underwear on when you were killed. You know? I think, I mean, I have underwear on almost the entire day, so it wouldn't like, happen to me, but right. I'm, not a, I'm not a hot girl in L.A. Right. Everybody's know? different. I mean, fucking, uh, Harmony was walking down the street with bare feet. Yeah. I mean, ladies go fucking hard on shit. It's true. I mean, I've seen people, I've seen girls fucking walk around New York City with no fucking sneakers, oh, no, yeah. no shoes on. I'm like, yo, what are you doing? Yeah, that's... That's insane. Yikes. yikes. That, yeah, that's... That's, that's weird, that's bro. That's outrageous, yeah. Take this broken glass and piss on the floor. For real. You're gonna catch a fucking infection. At the very least, yeah. <laughs> At the very least. Not only the asphalt itself is hot and rough. Right. You know? Have you ever stepped on a rock? Good. Yeah. That's it, it. Every step in... <laughs> just walking in New York. Every Concrete's made step. of rocks. Yeah. <laughs> it's made of crushed up rocks. So, uh, yeah. So that That's insane to me, but... Um, but yeah, I just thought it was a bit of a reach, and uh, in a in a movie that otherwise is like far fetched but tight, right? You know, like I think they needed something because you couldn't have like a hospital band because mm-hmm. that would be a dead giveaway. Too obvious, yeah. yeah. But like something as like, and I guess because it was Perry who kind of put two and two together. Well, apparently Harmony did also. Harmony did, yeah. But we, we uh, maybe or maybe she would know going into the sister theory, like if she spent time mm-hmm. in like a, a psych ward or anything like that, mm-hmm. that they know no underwear. Right. Which, I didn't know that was a thing. Like I didn't either. Yeah. Uh, it's like, why would that, why, why would that concern you? 
underwear. Like, yeah. You take it off, it? choke yourself. But you her. could hang yourself with scrub pants. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. More easily. Yeah, exactly. It's longer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. I think when, when Sarah Connor was uh, in a mental facility, she had underwear. Yeah. She used bed sheets. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it at all. But, uh, but yeah, so I, don't get it I thought all. that was a bit of a stretch as far as like the plot goes. But other, but otherwise, again, otherwise. in a pulpy detective thing, yeah. I'm sure that something like that is, I'm sure, pretty commonplace. Yeah, it's you know? it's a, like one small minute detail. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, her hair was yellow, right? So she's obviously from this part of the, the, the yeah, like, right. And everything kind of like unroll, like unravels. Yeah, what do you mean she wasn't numb? Right, she wasn't numb. Well, you know, redheads don't get numb as easily as other hair types. Perhaps she was. Oh, maybe she was. Maybe her hair was dyed, and she was right. really a redhead. Well, I'm glad they. I'm glad they went that way instead of like the other way, of like, oh, she wasn't wearing underwear, and the hair doesn't match up. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because that, that's so like that's a, yeah, so early two thousands, like gross, like, like David Spade type humor. Yeah, yeah. But like, yeah, the, all right, the mental hospital thing. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah, and I and I and I do like that. The only reason they knew it was because Harry's like not a creep. Right. You know, like, he's a lot of things, but he's, like, not a creep. He's not a creep. You know? I'm not a creep, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely not a creep. I mean, they make a big point of it numerous times throughout the movie that he doesn't... He doesn't... Uh, he ain't creepy. That's where he draws the line. Right. You know? And uh, at first, it helps him gain the trust of Harmony, and then it actually does help with the plot. Yes. You know? So, that was interesting. That was a, a good little note, a little character note. All right. You know? But uh, how far in are we? About an hour. Wow. Yeah. That went fast. That did. Like this movie. Yeah, seriously. The movie did go fast. Hour 42. Hour 42. And fun time. Yeah. A lot of fun. Hits the ground there. running. Fucking Val Kilmer out there fucking killing it. Like, I can't even repeat half the shit he said. Yeah, the the whole, uh, uh, what do you think uh, in the dictionary for the word idiot? Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> it's the definition of the word idiot, which you are. Which you are. <laughs> Like, yeah, just the, um, hope you have a bad Christmas, this fucking, you yeah. know, and I hope you feel Don't bad. sleep well. Yeah. Don't sleep well. Yeah. What? Yeah. Sleep badly. Sleep, sleep badly. <laughs> Who the fuck taught you grammar? <laughs> Get out. Vanish. I don't want to see I need to go. I need to go. Yeah. I need to go. I need to go. I need to That's some of the best, like, because, like, oh, like, that's... Some of the comedy shots set up, mm-hmm. like that's really funny. Where it's like, I need to go. You're and a big physical. I'm a big like physical guy. Com- like yeah. like small like Edgar Wright stuff. Like, yeah. like you could kind of see the comedy happening where it's not like pointed out and like oh I got you know yeah. I'm trying to leave my car I'm with my car. It's like no, it's like I gotta go. Mm-hmm. And you think like oh well he's then he's like maybe he'll he'll like kind of change his mind. And then he like he just peels off. <laughs> Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, and it just kind of cuts back to, like, even the Robert Downey Jr. fight scene's like, well, oh. it's past my bedtime, yeah. so let's go. <laughs> and they go outside, and he's just getting his ass, like, <laughs> But really does a great job establishing of somebody who, like, mouth, uh, reach checks his body, can't catch. Yeah, and he's also, yeah, he, he, he jumps into things he hasn't thought out completely. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's a good hero setup. Yeah. It is. And I, and I especially, like, you mentioned the second act, like, fight mm-hmm. between the characters, I, they didn't really do that, but what they did do was when the decoy got killed, yeah, and she knew him. You could see how emotionally rocked it was to see this girl like die in front of him and him trying to silence her. And then and he takes it out on the killer. Yeah, he just unloads on the killer. Yeah, yeah, loads on the killer, and then you see how that affects him too. How he's kind of fucked up by that, you know. And it just adds so much humanity and depth to the movie. Yeah. Um, emotionally, I mean, like not like all oh, it's really about society. Right. It's more more just like. You know, it, like, they, they built an actual character here. Yeah. You know, more than just Robert Downey Jr. quipping it up. Like, he goes through shit. You know what I mean? Still, like, no one's going to fingerprint the dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get out of there. No one's going to... Oh, my my finger's on the dog. Like, no one's going to fingerprint the dog. <laughs> There's a few of those that really fucking get me. Yeah. Where, uh, oh, like, the... um. Yeah, there's a picture of a bullet in your head. He's like, that's ambiguous. What, what do you mean it's ambiguous? Well, do you want to picture the bullet in his head, or do you want to picture a bullet that, with his head? With his you know? head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It was funny. 
It was uh, good. It was a good movie, it was a, man. It's so much fun. It's a really good movie. It's not as like it's not as like I think yeah, you're right. This is definitely like Nice Guys first draft. Yeah. Cuz there's a lot of things that like got ironed out for Nice Guys. Right. But this is like also like really fucking good. Yeah, it's okay if it's a little rough in those areas that Nice Guys ironed out because the charisma of Val Kilmer and what and a pair, Robert like, Downey Jr. What holy like, hell! Like the two, like the pairings that Shane Black movies have had. Like, would you ever think Mel Gibson and Danny Glover would work well? Never. Would you ever think Gina Davis and Samuel L. Jackson would work well? No. Would you ever think? <laughs> yeah, Val, no. Kil- Val Kilmer. Uh, oh, was it a uh, Bruce Willis and uh, Damian Wayans? Damon Wayans. Which one? The last Boy Scout. I oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, no, also no. And then also yeah, no. Robert Downey Jr. and Val, Val Kilmer. Kilmer. No. Iceman. Iceman. Yeah. Jeez. But even even Harmony was great though. Yeah. 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 Michelle Monaghan. I think. Yeah. I think like these three hand like the like the way that these things work with the third person just adds so much to it and like yeah. her being like. Not even like a wild card, but her being like so gung ho into jumping into things to lead another person who's like, I kind of like her, and then also I am stupid enough to just jump into things. Yeah, yeah. And have one guy like, oh my god, stop it. Right. <laughs> it's like I told you to stay put. That the whole dynamic is him is just like the only guy who has any idea what he's doing. Right. But still needed to get saved by the doofuses. Right. Great. It's it's great. Most homophobes don't check the gun between. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god. What a fucking movie. Alright, yeah. let's give it a let's give it a grade. Let's give uh okay. I'm uh, again maybe we're high on this, but I'm thinking like an eight or nine as well. I'm thinking like a seven and a half, eight. Yeah. Like an eight. So, yeah, let's an throw eight. on an eight. I'm only, I'm with an eight. I think cause yeah. a, a nice guy's is like an eight and a half or ten. Got it. Eight and a half, nine. Yeah. But like this is close. But like I, you said, maybe a first maybe, maybe a little rougher. Maybe a little rougher. So yeah, eight sounds good. Yeah, because also I think Nice Guys gets another point because it's sty- it's very stylish. Yeah. Because it's, it's very like, oh, this looks like it's supposed to be in the 70s. This looks like this is fucking 2005. It's exactly when it was made. Yeah. Yeah. So. So, but you know, one thing we get to do uh, now as we end it is say that, you know, that's the shoot. Kiss, kiss. Bang, bang. There it is. All right. Guys, uh... Hopefully this brings uh, a season that I, I kind of like the idea of of movies that uh, just take place during the holidays and if you not conventional Christmas movies not at all you're right <laughs> you know but they but it is Christmas I guess while it's happening yeah oh we I can look into that <laughs> yeah because there are movies that you know you may, like that people do say like oh it's not a Christmas movie it's just a movie that happens during Christmas you could make it during any other right uh, time of the year and it would still work and that's true for this movie mm-hmm. right but it's it. All it of, doesn't take place in July. It takes place during Christmas. Most of Shane Black movies do take place during Christmas. Yeah, and Lethal Weapon as well. Lethal Weapon takes place during Christmas. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang takes place during Christmas. Yeah. Uh, Long Kiss Goodnight also mm-hmm. takes place during Christmas. Nice Guys at the end is at Christmas. Oh, that's true. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, he likes Christmas. He likes L.A. He likes Christmas. He likes L.A. Yeah. Two things he knows. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. He doesn't necessarily like L.A., he but he knows L.A. and he knows Christmas. Yes. Um... <laughs> And we're going to try to get you some some things, too, this month that yeah. are maybe at least tangentially related to Christmas. We'll see. Right? Uh, yeah, you'll see. Because if, we'll... it, if it isn't Christmas, it will be cold. You're right. At least winter movies. At the least thing, winter, yeah. In that case, we could consider the thing like the first step yeah. in that direction. Because we don't know when it starts. No. It's, first week of... It actually, the first, winter. So it's the winter, yeah. yeah so, so it first week of been. winter is in November. So. Yeah. So we know it's kind of exactly when we shot it. Yeah. 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 Is, uh, is when the movie took place. Which is pretty cool. Yes. But uh, as far as the other movies, you can hit us up to see what we're doing next on Twitter at Movie Mayhem Pod. On Instagram at Movie Mayhem Podcast. Movie Mayhem Podcast at gmail.com, which you can't hit us up to yeah. find out anything except what you ask us, which yeah, is exactly. totally fine as well. Yeah. Uh, and also on Letterboxd at Movie Mayhem Podcast. Uh, let's see what the last few things that were reviewed. Sure. What do you got? I have uh, Uncle Buck, mm. John Candy movie, Macaulay okay. Culkin. Very good. Wow. Barbie. Fine. It's a fine Just movie. fine. Just fine. Whoa. Um, Brian Gosling was great. Sure. I felt personally attacked by the Matt Trucks 20 song. That was wild, <laughs> That was like, right? oh my that god. That got every guy in the I was theater. Like, oh no. Like, oh no. But, <laughs> but yeah, I thought, I thought it was fine. I did feel like there were some things that, that were left unanswered. Mm. Like, here, here's one thing. Like, so the Kens took over. Sure. And then the Barbies wanted to take back. But they didn't like... 
realize like oh maybe we should like work together instead of like maybe one group has control i mean that is kind of like a pay, yeah, patriarchy thing but like they were like well if we're going to be better let's be better they're like no let's just get everything back to normal back to where it was yeah right? and then uh i watched the hunt which was came out in 2000 i think 16 no to, uh, 2020 it was that movie that the guy with the mask no no no, no. it was the movie that like uh, everybody was like, oh, this is a, an attack against liberals, this is an attack against conservatives. Oh, yeah, yeah, So they're going to pull yeah, it from yeah. the movie theater? Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, no, this movie's just about a bunch of fucking dorks getting their asses kicked. Hmm. That's all it is. Because it's like corporate liberals who are like, oh, you know, can't gender things, all that, all that stuff. Yeah. And then, then like, yeah, they're, they're having conservatives, <laughs> like conspiracy con- uh, conservatives uh, fucking kill themselves, kill whatever, and then... And then Betty uh, Gilpin from Glow is just like, I'm the wrong person. That was a terrible summary of that movie. That's all it was, though. I, I don't know anything more about the movie than it's I did before. It's not great. It's <laughs> dumb. The The thing is, the one thing that saves it is uh, Betty Gilpin mm-hmm. does these weird faces when things happen mm. that are just like, I really appreciate that. Because she's like... She kill. I I know it's an audio medium here, yeah. but like she kills a person, and then she's like like someone tries to shoot her, but it, the gun's empty. And she's like, meh, <laughs> I don't like that. I'm like, oh my god, like it's pretty fucking funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I watched the Please Don't Destroy the. Oh, that movie came out. The Treasure of. I do like Please Don't Destroy. Yeah, um, well, you could definitely tell that there was a lot of nepotism going into this one. Wow. Because it was bad damn i didn't like it i that mean sucks. but i also i also think if it was 30 minutes it'd be really funny but the oh, fact it that was, it was like an hour is one of those things where it's just one of their sketches but really drawn out yeah it's like it will age like fine milk yeah like eh, okay like a lot of youtube humor a lot of shortcut like quick cuts gotcha and a lot of that whole like oh they're right here oh yeah kind of yeah, yeah. he was sitting here the whole time right like yeah, the thing yeah. that arrested development clearly knew how to do yeah where it was like a, a big pushback like you 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 pull back and you see like the character they're talking about right in the room right, right. instead of like there he is right here yeah it's like ah oh, that's funny yeah mm. but this is like yeah. conan o'brien's funny in it so oh i mean he's funny in anything yeah it's true well i haven't watched any movies uh so <laughs> you watch kiss kiss, kiss bang i did i did watch that one yes maybe we'll do, uncle buck well, uncle buck's not a christmas movie no well, I know at some point uh, my mom wants to watch the Ludacris's uh, Christmas movie, Ludacrismas. Um, it's not what it's called, but Ludacris uh, is coming out in a Christmas movie. What? Yeah, I think it's on Disney Plus. <laughs> yeah. What? So in our group chat, Andrew made a joke about Ludacris having a movie on Disney Plus. Right. That's right. Re- I think he might actually have a movie on Christmas. Oh my god. Uh, uh, yeah, on Disney Plus, and I don't think Andrew knew that when he said that. God, it better be the Fast and Furious one we were talking no, about. No, no, it's a Christmas movie. Yeah. He's got like a son or whatever. Oh my god, maybe he's Dom DeRetto now. Yeah. <laughs> Could be. Oh, Ludacris. Yeah, I know. All right, Luda. Luda. According to Mikey, one of the greatest rappers of all time. Which, honestly, I can't argue it. I can't argue it it because I don't know rap, so... Yeah, fair enough. I think debatable. (laughs) Well, sure. Maybe. It is certainly debatable, yes. It is certainly debatable. It is certainly debatable. But, uh, guys, we will... See you later. Peace. Bye. Later.